0: Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the UI Breakfast Podcast. I'm your host, Jane Portman, and today our special guest is Drew Thomas, an e commerce expert and entrepreneur. And we're going to talk about reverse engineering as an UX and as in consulting. Hi, Drew.
1: Hey, thanks for having me.
0: Thanks for making the time for us. Yeah. So we're going to start with a short questionnaire, and you just introduce yourself. Um, and question number one is, what do you do for a living, Drew?
1: Well, I, uh, I recently switched up kind of what I do for a living. So right now, I'm just I'm consulting and I'm kind of trying some new ideas and actually some side businesses and, and sort of doing whatever I want. So it's been really fun.
0: Oh, sounds great. Oh, but mm-hmm. then we need to hear about the background. What was what you did before and how did you get there?
1: Yeah. So I, uh, I started a digital agency when I was 19 and I was still in college.
0: Wow. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah and so Impressive. Yeah, thanks. And that was basically my whole adult life and my whole career so far up until about four months ago. And so with that, it actually, we started as a TV commercial company. Um, which is funny. And then we kind of quickly transitioned into making websites. And then eventually that turned into online marketing and SEO and social media and all that kind of stuff. Uh, had about 20 people, I think, at our highest. Um, so it was a nice little boutique agency. Um, and then, you know, I, I did that for so many years and really loved it. And I was a chief creative officer and then I was chief technology officer. Um, and then I decided just to uh, work less and focus on life more and kind of go out on my own. So like, I guess it was around end of August, early September. I just, I made the jump into doing my own thing.
0: Fantastic. So by trade, if we go to your early years, what did you do, you know, by hand? Did you design? Did you code? Um, anything else?
1: (laughs) Well, I started off designing my degree is graphic design. So, um, Graphic design was kind of like my gateway into all these other things, though. And as a, a company, we realized there was a need that companies needed websites. So we started making websites, and then I just learned to code in order to, to do that. And so over the years, my coding side has evolved a ton. I mean, design has evolved, too, but really, like, I, a lot of my time was spent coding.
0: So you are the, one of those uh, dangerous people who can do both.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: And it seems like you can do video since you did TV commercials.
1: Yeah, and that, that was mostly my <laughs> partner because I had a co-founder at the time, and he was a film and video major in college.
0: Okay, cool. When I researched your website, I found some superb UX uh, articles with nice. some huge names like Smashing Magazine, UX Spin, A List Apart. Net yeah. Magazine and uh, the modern web, uh, the next web, sorry. And like that means you have a writing career that preceded all of that. Tell us about yeah. this part.
1: <laughs> so that was something I don't know exactly when I started getting serious with writing, but it was something that I knew was important. Um, and I had a ton of thoughts and ideas like most people do. So I just started. And it was really funny because for years, I was just writing, like I felt like I was writing for no one. Like I was just writing things and I was putting stuff out on the company blog and my own website. And like maybe some people would see it on Twitter and and read it. But really, it almost felt like, why am I doing this? But I knew it was important still. And then eventually, um, just with small connections and little random moments, I ended up writing for all those larger publications and it kind of took off. And by that point, because I'd written so much, I feel like my my craft was honed and I was I was good at at communicating my points and that kind of thing. And that's why I think it took off. And then, you know, once I think uh, I think Smashing Magazine might have been the first big one I was in. Once I I had that, it was easy to pitch other publications and say, I wrote for Smashing. I can write for you.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, because you have like a huge array of logos and that's Mm -hmm. what it takes. A lot of hard work um uh, just staring in the in the wall kind of for a yeah, few years right exactly. <laughs> because that's exactly what happens and then a series of small uh connections and events and everything
1: yeah
0: i'm so happy it turned out so do you still write these days
1: yeah i definitely try to it's it's not it's harder in some ways i feel like it should be easier now that i'm on my own but i have so many <laughs> choices of things to do every day and i'm my, I'm pulled in all these directions and it's, it's actually kind of harder, but I do still think it's really important. So I try to write as much as possible. I think that it turns into like maybe an article every two weeks or something like that on my website, but I, I wish I did more.
0: But that's pretty fantastic of a rate, uh, actually. <laughs> I know a lot of people don't do like struggle to do one article per month. Oh, it yeah, really yeah. is hard. <laughs>
1: it's, it's definitely challenging.
0: Right. What does your typical day look like?
1: Um, right now, my days are, are pretty awesome, if I do say so myself. I uh, I have a, a young baby. <laughs> He's four months old. So Aww. I wake up around 6.30 when he wakes up and just chill, just kind of play with him for a little bit in the bed. My wife and I just hang out with him. And then we usually take him and my dog on a walk, like a, a decent long walk around our neighborhood. Um, and because I don't have any 9 to 5 exactly anymore, We can just do that till whenever we feel like it. And then I kind of come home, have some coffee, and I decide, am I going to do some client work? I have a few clients right now. Am I going to do some of my personal work? Which, you know, my my goal right now is to have more productized offerings and, and get some recurring revenue or something like that. So I can work on that. Or maybe you know, take some time just to read articles and that kind of thing. And it's really enjoyable. And like yesterday in the afternoon, it was just such a beautiful day here. We just uh, took a hike. We like went out to this um, park area with water and went with my buddy. He has three dogs. We took our dog and we just took the afternoon off and just hung out. So it's, it's been really nice.
0: Fantastic. Regarding work, um, I know these days you're focusing on e-commerce. Uh, why would that decision happen?
1: I, that that came about, um, I had a ton of interests, like a ton of, of directions I thought about maybe I would want because I, I knew I wanted to focus on something. So I was trying out all these things and I was thinking about what's my, what's my passion and, and all this stuff. And ultimately, um, by looking at my goals first, I was able to kind of hone in on e-commerce. And the reason is because... With e-commerce, I can do work for clients or I can consult clients and show them tangible financial results. So I can make a brand website for someone, but I can't say to them, if you pay me X amount for this website, you'll get X amount of return. Whereas with e-commerce, you, you kind of can, you know, you can say, if, if we improve the conversion rate on this, on your product page, you're going to get X amount more money each month. And because of that fact, It allows me to charge higher rates and be more confident in in telling people you're going to see results and that kind of thing. So it clicked for me in that way. And since then, I I feel like, I don't know, it it became a big passion. You know, more and more as I'm doing e-commerce stuff, I'm like, wow, I I really love this.
0: Yeah, this thing that about, about tangible results—it's one thing I truly envy about uh, e-commerce, as opposed to you know SaaS uh, businesses, for example. There is no direct return on anything. It's so yeah. it's such a complicated game. Um, we just lately had an episode about e-commerce design with uh, Kurt Elster. So if uh, people haven't listened to that, please do, and. Um, so today, we could talk about anything in e-commerce, but we're going to talk about um, reverse engineering, which I think you applied um, in picking your consulting direction, right? Yeah,
1: yeah, exactly. Awesome,
0: awesome. What do you enjoy the most and the least about your work? I guess the, the most is the hikes and <laughs> walking with dogs.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, it's actually funny. It's the the thing that I enjoy the most is um, is like my ability to do whatever I want, like my, my freeness and, or freedom, I should say, and not having, you know, uh, people kind of like deadlines and, and meeting times and people counting on me for stuff, you know, need it done today, that kind of thing. Um, that's what I like best is that I don't have that. And what I like least is the, the times when I do have that because I still do have clients. So there still are deadlines and there still are, you know, I, I still have to be Uh, accountable and and finish things on time so that's it sounds funny because that's kind of the nature of work but that's actually what I I really dislike the most is is anything that that I have to do basically
0: (laughs) that resonates so much with me you're like reading my mind actually (laughs) absolutely that's what I've been drifting towards for like multiple years less commitments less commitments something like that (laughs) what is your next big thing
1: well, I really want to do more productized offerings. Um, which it's you know it's a lot of the stuff that I, I learned from you and from listening to this podcast is is I want to have either some form of recurring revenue, maybe from clients, or some kind of product that can get that can generate passive income. And my whole personal focus right now of you know non-client work focus is around that. It's around finding whatever that is. And so I have a few things I'm trying out right now. And I'm I'm kind of that that relates to writing, like a lot of what I'm writing about is leading towards uh, the, the areas that I want to do productized consulting in. So that's kind of that's kind of my one big thing. Um, and then I'm also just as a, a sort of hedging my bet kind of thing. I'm working on uh, a little CMS slash e commerce platform that's kind of I'll say it's kind of like friends and family right now. It's, it's I've there are maybe ten stores on it, ten websites on it. Um, but I'm building that up, and it's it's been really rewarding as kind of a side project that's turning into something more real.
0: Could you show share the link with us?
1: Yeah, it's called Really Simple Store. That's the the e commerce platform which started first. And if you go to the site, it's it's very bare bones because it's not really something people can sign up for or anything. It's just something I do, like I said, for my friends. Um, mm-hmm. But there's a few links on there that, you know, you can add stuff to a cart directly from there. And then what I did was I built that up uh, into really simple site, which I think I'm calling it, or maybe really simple CMS, which is more of like a website CMS um, in addition to that store, but it's all kind of related.
0: I wonder, you, you must have some benefits, like competitive benefits in mind, since there is a, uh, like a thousand you know, different e-commerce solutions, including yeah. the famous ones, and you must have had experience with most of them. How is your version better? You must have some vision about it.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and actually, it re- re- relates to reverse engineering because um, I had this idea. I have a friend, a good friend who makes custom knives, Um, on Instagram, he's humble blades. So if you're into knives, definitely check him out. But he, he kind of exemplifies this, this, uh, market, this audience of like makers and doers who they're, they're crafty and they have these really cool products. And I, they have a huge, there's just a huge thing on Instagram with like people who make leather wallets, people who make knives, people who make stuff out of wood, and a lot of them don't have e-commerce sites. And so I was talking to him about it and, and kind of picking his brain about why. And he kind of helped me realize that Shopify and Squarespace and the, the really – basically the, the e-commerce platforms that I would tell anyone to join. Like I told him mm-hmm. that at first. I said, get a Shopify store. you know That's the way to go. They're actually kind of too com- – not too complex, but they're, they're too much For this specific audience, you know, there's a there's this mentality of like authenticity and making things with your hands. And it it seems like, you know, after talking to more people than just my my one friend, too, it it seems like there's this distaste for, you know, those those e-commerce stores that upsell and that, you know, build in Facebook ads and link to analytics. We're like, no, we don't want all that stuff. Like we just want to we just want to make it easy. We just want to sell online. We don't want to think about it. And so my first thought when I was helping him with his site, like I said, was Shopify. But I realized he wanted something much simpler than that. And as I talked to other people, they did too. So that's that's really the difference with mine is it's so simple. So it does all the important things, like as far as uh, SEO stuff and um like... uh the, the product, like the schema markup for products so that they show up in, in Google correctly and that other feed readers can read things, all that kind of technical stuff is taken care of, but the interface is so simple and the checkout is so simple and the way that it's done is like no frills and that's kind of its differentiating factor. And and I don't know if that's important to a, a huge audience, but I've seen that for the people I have on it, it's perfect. So I think there's something there, and that's kind of why I'm pursuing it.
0: I would love to to, see, to check it out uh, and to see what kind of uh, you know, opinion you have on the, on, on the e-commerce industry. What's your take on that, especially in the shape of a finished product?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: So uh, let's talk about reverse engineering. Um, you had a whole article about how you reverse engineered your consulting niche. Tell mm-hmm. us about that as an introduction.
1: So that was, um, I would say that's when reverse engineering clicked for me is when, cause I've, I've heard this, this term a million times. And like a lot of people I really respect are like, you got to reverse engineer. Well, I was, I was on my own and I was like, how, you know, what, what can I do? What do I want to do? What can make me the most money? All that kind of stuff. And I was trying different things. I was making email courses and I was starting to write little, uh, like a like an ebook basically and about all these different topics and I was figuring things out and I was putting ads out to advertise things to see what people were interested in and I was talking to my current clients but it was all over the place and I really had no direction. So I I was having I was getting frustrated basically and I was thinking like why is it so hard to focus myself. And so what I did was instead of thinking about what can I do, I thought about what do I want in life or or what do I want my day to look like and then work backwards and through doing that the thing that surprised me or the thing that helped it click was that it was it was sort of easy you know working backwards it was sort of like and I, I outlined this in the article kind of did a step-by-step my thought process but it was like I, I found my end goal which was to put it simply it was to make a lot of money with not a lot of time
0: and then <laughs> I just asked
1: myself these questions Fantastic. and worked backwards yeah hmm it's it's a funny goal because people think, oh yeah, you have to work, you have to put in time, but I was like, you you don't have to. Like there's people in the world who don't work a lot of hours but make a lot of money. So I was like, how do I do that? And then from there, I, like I ended up on this process that led me to essentially conversion rate optimization for e-commerce, which I got there through reverse engineering. And then once I was there, just everything was just clicking, and it just made total sense, and it was really just an enjoyable thing enjoyable to think about enjoyable to do um so that's it kind of stuck from there and now i'm I'm all in on e-commerce and specifically on on optimizing conversion rates
0: could you give us a quick recap of your train of thought how did you arrive to this niche from your you know wide spectrum of what you can do
1: yeah yeah so i did um Basically, I I started with that simple idea of like a lot of money, not a lot of hours. And then I said, what does that what does that really mean? And to me, I was like, can I make? Can I have a, some kind of either whether it's a client or a product or whatever? Can I have something that makes a thousand dollars a week for? A, you know, I don't know how many hours, a couple hours, something I can do multiple, like three to five of these a week, so I can see like a big upside, but I can also I can cover my bills and I just arrived in that number kind of randomly, but I liked it. So I was like, all right, $1,000 for something that takes less than a week, something I can do multiple of. And then I was like, well, if I'm going to charge a lot of money, potentially depends who the client is for something, it's got to make them more money. Like that's the way that if if you want to charge a lot and you don't want to put a lot of time in or you want them to perceive value, it's got to give them value. So my ideas at first, it could have gone anywhere. And I was thinking of, you know, branding stuff or website stuff, you know, because I could, I could potentially just make websites, just have something where I I have clients and I make them websites. So I always have done, but that wasn't enough of a, of an ROI for them. You know, that wasn't something I could say here, this is very clear, pay me a thousand dollars, get more than a thousand in return. So any of the branding stuff and the and the intangible website stuff that was kind of out, but e-commerce made a lot of sense. So I was like, oh, that's cool. And and at first, I'm like, well, what what can I do around e-commerce? And I was thinking about, you know, running ads for people or or running people's social media, which I also do. And um, it's kind of that's not direct ROI. Like I could run really good ads for someone, but if they get to their page and drop off they're not seeing ROI. They're not seeing more money. And so that's not as easy of a sell. But I I thought about how most e-commerce stores could use help in their actual user experience. And so, and it's something like I just saw all the time and almost didn't think much of. It's like a known fact that a lot of e-commerce has bad user experience. And like the checkout process for 90% of online stores, it's kind of horrible. But everyone deals with it and then everyone, every e-commerce company deals with people dropping off and abandoning carts. So I'm like, well, I can, I can do work in that area and that will directly drive revenue. So if, if a company sells things online and they have a certain amount of traffic without even gaining more traffic, I can convert more of their traffic and make them more money. So it was just all clicking, this, this idea of, of really tangibly showing value and I just worked it all the way back down to where I, I would, I was thinking about only product pages and only the conversions on those product pages, which is pretty simple stuff usually, like even as far as like, you know, more images or the headline needs to be bigger or there's too much text, those kind of small things. I was looking at all these different websites and even looking at websites that I knew were profitable e-commerce companies and seeing all these, just these little, little issues that would be really easy to fix that if someone would just tell them, Hey, like move your title up the page a little bit, you know, that, that kind of thing. Um, Mm -hmm. and I decided it would work. And so I did was I tried it on a few, um, sites like on my own, kind of like doing a teardown of someone's site without them knowing, I just, I took some product pages and wrote up some reports and I was like, this looks really good. And this feels like it's worth a thousand dollars.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's great. That's absolutely. It's very similar to the audits I've been doing with SaaS apps, where you can fix the low hanging fruit. Noted. You know, documented. It looks very, very serious and worth thousand dollars, as you say. <laughs> yeah. And at the same time, it's easy to see that the results are quite significant for the business, even if that's low hanging fruit.
1: Yep. Yep. And that's what I like about it. It's, it's low hanging fruit, so it's easy, but. Who cares if it's easy because it's valuable to the business?
0: Yeah, every business consists of like dozens of pieces of fruit. And you can, (laughs) even (laughs) if you fix some of that, but not all of that is perfect, definitely. So fixing them is a great direction. So if we were to take the reverse engineering process and try to, you know, decompose it so it's applicable in other areas of life, it would be to start over with the final requirements and then go back trying to decompose it Uh, right
1: yeah yeah which i think is is kind of natural too it's it's how we make most decisions you just you have some goal or something you want and then you kind of say how can i get it so like in a really simple term if you're hungry you're like how can i solve that i can eat something and that's reverse engineering really and everyone does it probably a million times a day but i think that when the The problems get really complex or when the goals get really big, all of a sudden people abandon that reverse engineering thought and just kind of go a little scattered and just try to achieve things. Whereas you can take a goal, any goal, and you can just say logically, trace the steps backwards. How can I reverse engineer and make this happen?
0: Uh, Besides consulting, could you give us any real life example? Maybe. I know it's a hard question.
1: (laughs) I think... Yeah, it's it's actually like I think of, of a lot of things could be examples. Um but like maybe like so here's a small one that I, I really it was kind of like a light bulb moment for me. I'm not really a, a huge fan of phone calls and I was noticing that um through doing client work and other kind of meetings, I was doing a lot of phone calls and I'm like, I don't like phone calls. How can I reduce the amount of phone calls I do each day or each week or whatever? And just by doing that, I was like, oh, you know what? I could probably just, when I start a consulting engagement, hook them up with Slack. You know, get them get them started and get their company up on there. And then tell them, hey, I'm actually more accessible on Slack and I'll answer you faster. And we can talk about a bunch of things instead of scheduling a call for, you know, two days away or that kind of thing. And, and we can have a more productive relationship. And I found that literally my, my calls have probably gone down like 90%. And I'm still getting just as much, if not more, consulting work done with these clients. So that's a that's a little example. Um, and I think, like on a bigger scale, my whole my whole life right now, as far as uh, leaving the agency grind and and having more balance and spending more time with my new family, that kind of thing. I feel like that was me reverse engineering that, and I'm still in the process of that. But I slowly put these pieces in place to get to where I am now where I'm actually I'm doing it you know it's it's something I I used to think about all the time it's like oh man I wish I didn't have so many commitments and obligations and I wish I weren't so stressed all the time and now I'm like I don't and I'm not
0: (laughs) that's great so you can apply that to lifestyle to freelancing consulting to client work anything like that I think basically you list the most important goals or requirements which cannot be compromised, whatever choice you yes. take, and yep. you kind of filter all the opportunities uh, judging by that goal, by, by that list of goals. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm.
1: And I think the other part of it too is that those goals, sometimes people don't think a goal is th- it's something that they want, but they don't really think it's possible. And by, by telling yourself, yes, this is possible, I just have to figure out how to do it. That That's kind of a, a little trick there, too.
0: I think the same way you can do... Oh, you can apply that to, for example, designing an application by figuring out the goals or the actions that bring the user the most value and yeah. then just building everything around them and seeing... And that's a great way to filter, for example, useful features from those that you shouldn't build uh, in the process. (laughs) At least that's what we do here.
1: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's great.
0: Also, another thing that comes to mind is um, backwards planning in project management and event planning when you take a date, a final date and walk backwards, but that's (laughs) that's not so much reverse. It's just backwards.
1: (laughs) Well, it's the same idea. I mean, that's, it's really about that, that process of like figuring out the steps based on the goal. I mean, same, same idea for sure.
0: Um, could you share a little bit what kind of processes do you follow with your clients? Because you have a hugely rich background and, you know, very in, you're a very insightful person. I wonder how you apply all the diversity and thinking to e-commerce projects systematically.
1: Well, I'm still sort of figuring out the, the system behind everything. But, um, you know, I think that my background is like one of my strongest assets to where I can come in and even if I'm talking about something e-commerce related, it's like I'm I'm making sure my decisions factor in SEO and they factor in even like the company's marketing budget or even sometimes um, like their personnel. Like I've I've helped people with e-commerce then that turns into, oh, you need to hire an intern to help you do X, Y, or Z. And it's I feel like my background just plays into that, you know, because I've, I've built teams and I've managed people, but I've also coded, designed, uh, run ads, all that kind of stuff. Um, and what I'm, what my goal is, is to make that more systematic and to, to have ways where that's more, where that's less freeform. But right now I feel like it just organically kind of pops up all the time. And then people trust me more because they understand I'm not just thinking about, you know, their conversion rate. I'm actually thinking about their business as a whole
0: that's fantastic uh, actually for every designer out there every uh, you know specialist professional out there if you can tie your activities to business goals and involve all kind of business aspects not just your craft that's an amazing recipe for success you just out there you can charge two more dig- digits in your price <laughs> Seriously.
1: Yeah. yeah definitely
0: <laughs> do you ever miss managing multiple people and having a great team at your disposal
1: <laughs> it's funny because i I do miss it as far as um when there when there's like smaller detailish work that i 'm like oh i don 't feel like doing this you know like less high level i I do miss it in that way a lot, um, and I definitely miss the that good feeling of of you know having a team uh, of uh, basically organizing and motivating a team to do something that 's a great feeling. But I think overall, I'm just I'm still really enjoying the freedom of, of being on my own. And, you know, I, I have no one to answer to. And, and I don't have a lot of meetings where I have to worry about scheduling around that kind of thing. So I'm, I'm really I'm in this weird kind of like this early period where I'm just like, nope, I love being on my own.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's fantastic. Um I can say I feel exactly the same and you know it becomes even better with time <laughs> because you awesome. you get you get into plunges of commitments then you get out of them and then you appreciate your freedom ev- even more with each year and each year. So I've been on the same track but my younger my older son is turning 5 soon. And I was exactly in the same position living in an agency five years ago. So oh, have a nice. wonderful new world lying ahead of you, I promise. That's awesome, It's great to hear. <laughs> so as we're wrapping up today's episode, it's amazing, but I think the takeaway is that everyone should um, reverse engineer your lifestyle and your work so that you don't have to do what you don't want to. Seriously, so and that's true. possible. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what would be number one advice what people should do and what people should not do when it comes to their you know, work-life balance?
1: it's um, a good question. <laughs> I, I think the number one thing people should do is kind of like understand that there's no rules and there's nothing that anyone has to do. So I feel like a lot of people, including my old self, I was like, no, you have to, you have to go to a job nine to five. You have to do this. You have to do that. I think the, the most important first step is realize you don't have to. Like you can just, you can work less and make more money if that's what you want. You can travel all around the world if that's what you want. You just have to make the decision that you're going to do it and understand you can and then work backwards. And I think that's like, that's something that I realized most after I did it. You know, before I did, it, I've, I've heard people talk about that a lot. And some of the people I follow really do that well, but... Yeah, I I've never I just didn't have the experience and now I'm like, "Oh wow, this is this is working. This is something that's possible." <laughs> mm-hmm. So, so definitely believe it first. As far as what not to do, I'm, I mean, I'm not totally sure. I think I'm I'm sort of uh hedging my bets a little, so maybe I would say don't, you know, if you just dive into the life you want to live, it might take some time to get there, so maybe make sure you have some other income or some other things going on. You know, I didn't, I didn't literally just leave my agency and start um, doing only e-commerce productized consulting, which is where I want to be. Like I still, I have some clients that are more hands-on work that are in other areas, that kind of thing for sure.
0: That's such a great piece of advice, absolutely. Well, you can be, you know, you can wear pink glasses when it comes to your vision, but still, you still have to pay your bills, et cetera. Yep. I had a period a couple of years ago when I was so burned out. I was like no more client work ever, never again. Like I cut it off and it was like almost half a year that um I kind of wandered around and it was not wise because all of my friends told me that Jane, you know, product revenue doesn't appear from scratch. <laughs> doesn't just doesn't just keep it hanging yeah. you know but sometimes <laughs> you just burned out or decisive but it's not the best way you should be wiser
1: <laughs> yeah yeah
0: <laughs> drew thank you for the amazing interview where can people find you online
1: thanks for having me um people <laughs> can find me at true which is T R U E D R E wco um I guess that's pretty much it. That's the best place. That's my personal website. And and from there, there's some articles and some links to some of my side projects on there and and that kind of thing.
0: That's great. Thank you once again. It was a great episode, and I really admire your approach to life. Hope everyone has the (laughs) same. Okay, have a wonderful day.
1: You too.